Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Rebecca Rosenberg will join us to discuss Madame Poverty. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, Brute Champagne conjures images of wonderful times, but few may know the story behind its creation, and that is indeed the topic of it by Ms. Rebecca Rosenberg. Ms. Rosenberg is the speaker for the Women's History Alliance and Champagne Historian and Tour Guide for Breathless Sparkling Wine. She has written the Madame Pomery, creator of Brute Champagne. Ms. Rosenberg, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thanks for having me. It is certainly a pleasure. I'm curious how you became interested in the story and uh, decided to put it all together. Actually, I've been visiting the Champagne region for six years or so, and I first found out that Vogue Clicquot, that beautiful orange label, which is really one of the largest Champagne brands in the world, was started by a widow named Vogue Clicquot, and Vogue means widow, in 1800, and that started me like crazy researching her and her story because she lived at a time when women could not own businesses. And it was during the Napoleonic Wars, 15 years of wars, and I found out that she even knew Napoleon. So I wrote the first book, Champagne Widows, and found out later that 50 years later, Madame Pomery became a widow at 40 years old And she knew Veuve Clicquot because they lived in the same town, the town of Rons, France, which is where many, many beautiful champagne houses are. And so she knew that if she was a widow, she could run a business, whereas no other woman could run a business. They figured that the women, the widowed women had to support their families. So she decided to make champagne. And it was fascinating to hear how different it was than 50 years ago when Bove Clicquot did it. But she had to put up with some of the same issues like pandemics, which we've been going through, and wars, which we also are encountering, and mental illness, and all sorts of gruesome, crazy things for her to make her champagne. The time period, the setting, and the challenges that she faced taking over all this. It is. It's amazing. And she had to raise her. She had happened to have a two-year-old daughter. So she had had a daughter very late in life. So she also had to raise her daughter. But a crazy part of the story is that all of Prussia, which was Germany, called, you know, which was Germany at the time, invaded France in 1870. And they invaded for two years, and they made the headquarters in her home, in Madame Pomery's home. 
So she had to contend with all the German soldiers and the actual general of the army while she's trying to make this champagne. And of course, all the armies take all the champagne. They don't care. They don't pay for it. They just take it. So what she did was ingenious. She took over the city dump and she dug out caves under the city dump and she hid all her champagne there. And later, she even hid the Francoteurs, which were the French resistance fighters against Germany. So it's really quite a magnificent story. Obstacles that she faced, how, how to deal with that and who helped her on the way into making this business a success? Well, all the eligible men of France were taken into the army. So it actually gave a lot of opportunity for the women of France to come forward and do things on their own. So she had to train the people like the women in the orphanages and even the brothels and everything, how to make champagne. So it's just a fascinating story how women can really face all these terrible odds and the war going on besides. Now, I wanted to mention one thing because it's a science show. So the fun thing between both Clicquot, who made very, very sweet champagne, and Madame Pomery, who invented Brut champagne, and Brut means dry. So no one had ever, ever made this dry champagne. And all of the men who were making champagne, of course, poo-pooed it and said, No one wants to drink champagne that way, but she did not have a sweet tooth, and she wanted champagne that you could drink at any time, not just as a dessert wine like they were using it. So what she did was experiment and not add the sugar that they normally add to the dosage for the second fermentation. And at first it was terrible, you know, it tasted like vinegar, but she learned that the later in the season that she would harvest the grapes. So if she would wait another three weeks, the grapes would become much sweeter and fruitier and she could get away with not adding the sugar. So I really applaud her for trying something scientific and brand new and having the guts to do it. And it actually became all the rage, the Brute Champagne and nobody really liked the sweet champagne. And you can see today that we all drink really brute champagne. We no longer really like the super sweet, sticky stuff that Vogue Clicquot invented. It's amazing. And it does come down to science. I love that part. You know, you have this amazing individual in in history. How do you take that then to create your novel? I think that these two champagne houses that I have written about, and that is Vogue Clicquot and Madame Pomery, They are some of the biggest brands that are available today. So I was able to talk to the historians often and over email. I met with them in France and then via email and really uncover that history, which they don't really use that much when they're taking you on a tour. But the more that I dug, the more I could find the differences between the two women and also some of their similarities, which were really being quite adamant that they were going to create this no matter what. And there's another widow that will follow this, and that is Bollinger. And she uncovers, it's interesting how the certain time period that affects 
each of these widows and what they have to go through. And of course, there were other widows that made champagne, and maybe I will write a smaller book of the short stories of them, but they are not enough history to dig out for them. So that will be more difficult. Probably more appreciate about the time period and the history of champagne is these stories of these champagne widows. It is. It's really interesting. And then from the science standpoint as well, you know, I mentioned that champagne is twice as hard to make as wine. And that is all because it goes through this second fermentation. So it goes through, it becomes wine, and then they take out all the dead yeast so that it doesn't ruin the wine and make it all cloudy. That was something that both Clicquot invented is how how will they get out all that dead yeast after it's fermented? And then they add in a dosage. I mentioned that term. And what they put in the dosage is like a recipe. So what the wine will taste like in the end. So it's very interesting. And it is all science. One could almost to see that playing around with the different chemistries in a way. It really is chemistry. Totally chemistry. And actually, Napoleon in uh, Napoleon Bonaparte did have a scientist on his Ministry of the Interior to help create the perfect wine because he knew that that was one of France's great treasures. So he was helpful in having people that could help these makers of champagne turn it into something really special. Because when champagne was first invented, which was, do you know who the first person who invented champagne was? I bet you do. It's Dom Perignon. So Dom Perignon invented that in 1783. But it was a mistake. He was a monk making wine. And he couldn't control the wine. It developed these bubbles. And it happened that the king ended up loving this sparkly wine, but they knew nothing about how to make it because it was a mistake. So that's when these, some of these women really stepped in and made it a viable business more than an art or an accident. Really is such a fascinating history, and you've researched it to a great extent. What was the most surprising thing, most fascinating thing to you as the Champagne Widows? The first book, which really Champagne, it's the first book is called Champagne Widows, and it's about Veuve Clicquot. And I was surprised at her relationship with Napoleon, but her father was a politician. So she was exposed to Napoleon a lot, and Napoleon loved champagne. And so she, her, she got very involved with the war and with Napoleon and the spying that goes on. I think that is interesting is how, does, how do these women continue the businesses when all the men are conscripted to war? And this, in Napoleon's case, it was 15 years they were at war. So the women really had to take over and figure out how all this was done. And they weren't even part of the business before. So how war, in fact, there's a really good book called War and Wine, and it's really true. So during the war, the women got to do the business of making wine. I think that was the surprise. Was it the case then also when the men came back that uh, women were pushed out of the business? Yeah, yeah, they were. So the legacy of the Champagne Widows today, do you still see their innovations, their history appreciated? 
when you go to the Champagne houses who had widows, they will certainly point out what innovations they brought. Like Veuve Clicquot figured out how to get the yeast, the dead yeast out of the bottle, and that made her champagne clear and beautiful and bubbly instead of murky. Like the champagne they drank before her was murky with this dead yeast, and it must not have tasted as good either. And then Madame Pomery creating dry champagne, no one really realizes that she revolutionized what champagne was. So their legacy lives on. And also that the in the whole industry, you know, I live in wine country in Sonoma Valley. So the whole wine industry has many, many, many women. So it left a legacy that women were able to do this and take over these houses. And that lives on for sure. Final words regarding your book, Madame Pomery, history and background of the Champagne Widows. Well, that's great. You can find both novels on Amazon. And you can find my website, which has a lot of interesting information in the media kit. And that is Rebecca-Rosenberg.com. And I also do Zoom meetings with book clubs. I love to do that. So if you have a book club, you can find me through my website. And thank you so much for having me today. Well, it was certainly a pleasure. And I will just close by mentioning again, we were talking with Ms. Rebecca Rosenberg, her new novel, Madame Pomery, creator of Brute Champagne, which is one of the Champagne Widow's novels. Ms. Rosenberg, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you, Charles. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.
Thank you.